We've all got that void. It doesn't matter if you live on, you know, shopping on a day old drive or shop here at the Rural King. You got a void. What are you going to fill it with? At the end of the day, what are you going to fill it with? This is your moment. Experience God's love and God's peace with us. See what God is doing for your neighbors at Crosspoint. Be blessed with today's broadcast. I first want to say that y'all, I'm the least of these. And I'm out of my league up here. Because I'd feel way more comfortable being back there recording the men of God that we're blessed to have in this church. So, just tell you straight up that I'm out of my comfort zone up here. It's easier to edit and at sometimes make even make fun of the preacher when they goof up. But you know, uh, I sure hope I don't because. My uh, future ex-old ladies back there. No, I'm kidding. My, uh, my, my wife's back there filming, so I hope that I do a good job and uh, I don't get out of frame. I told her to get my good side, and uh, we got four different angles to choose from, so hopefully she'll find something that don't scare the people out there. Just want to start by telling you that, yeah, this, this happened about last month. The Lord pricked my heart. And he would not leave me alone. Just wanted me to come here tonight. Just, I'm telling myself, I'm preaching this to myself. If you don't know anything about preachers, they preach the sermon to themselves before they ever stand in front of the crowd. I just pray that this will minister, minister to somebody. You are somebody. And you are here tonight for a reason. Because God Himself, not me, God has a word for you. I've been so burdened for tonight. I felt it start last month. The entire word for tonight just come out of nowhere. And I'm like, Lord, when is this supposed to be ministered to? and, and Or to, to whom it's supposed to be ministered to? And when? You wouldn't tell me and all of a sudden this date come up on the calendar and Friday this past Friday I felt such a pressure and it kept get, getting stronger and stronger it's almost unbearable somebody's here tonight that either has been coming a while or has been wandering in just for just tonight and that seems to that needs to hear this truth and if if not someone and if that's not true someone owes me an apology because I've gotten so worked up in the past few days I've done this before when I've shared with youth and I feel like I need to do it tonight if everyone could just please stand and you can recite this aloud to yourself as I read it and I want you to pray this over yourself and just declare it Declare right now, this service is for me. And in advance, I accept all of God's promises that will be shared today. I proclaim that the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place today. I pray that my joy will be magnified. I pray that God now, I thank God now for the souls that will be saved today. I praise Him now for the miracles that will be manifested in front of our eyes hopes and dreams will be restored today in Jesus name you can all be seated tonight I want to draw our attention to a few people that are known for many things some of the people I'll discuss tonight are celebrities who were taken too soon from this world because of their addictions one man I want to share about died of suicide another one a person that uh, had a disease that overtook them 
but because of their own testimony, they will, willfully died of, uh, without Christ as a profess, professed atheist. But I'm going to end with another person that's very much alive, involved in great innovation. They have an understanding of the faith, but don't possess that relationship needed to fill their void. The person is much like us here. We're alive. We still have choices to make either choices for God or without God. The scripture says in Proverbs, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when laughter ends, grief remains. That's a new living, but in another version, it says there's a way of life that looks harmless enough. But look again, it's, it leads straight to hell. Sure, those people appear to be having a good time, but all of that laughter will end in heartbreak. From harmless to heartbreak. Tonight I want to start with Robin Williams. Robin was that man who made the masses laugh on television and on the stage, the big screen, and throughout his career. No matter how challenging the role or how bigger, how much bigger the paychecks grew to be, something was still missing from the life of Robin Williams. That missing link was... Williams left that missing link that, that was filled at times, especially in the early days with cocaine, in and out of rehabs, and then losing his best friend John Belushi, and that loss sobered Robin up enough to quit cocaine, but the void was still there. Years later with alcohol and going in and out of rehabs again, he had failed relationships and marriages. In the end, life was just too hard to face with an apparent disease that would soon plague him to the point that he could just fade away from being that funny man that we all knew him to be. What we just read in Proverbs, laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but the laughter ends and grief remains. Even though Robin made many people laugh, he sure made me laugh over the years. He carried with him a deep depression. Williams was found dead in his home in Paradise, Paradise K, California, in August of 2014. The final autopsy that was it concluded that his death was a suicide resulting from asphyxiation due to hanging. Neither drugs or alcohol were found, but prescription drugs were present and they were of therapeutic levels. The report also noted that he had a diffused Lewy body dementia. His widow Susan said that describing the disease, the terrorist inside my husband's brain. See, getting the right TV show and movie, going to the top of his acting career, getting involved in all those major motion pictures, it did not give the true happiness. There was still a void. Corinthians says that we should not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed day by day. I pray that God will be the source of hope and it will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Not in the movies, not in everything that you've got going on, but you'll trust in Him. And then you will overflow with confidence and hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The next one's, of course, Whitney Houston. The lady with the golden voice. She was an American singer and actress nicknamed The Voice. She was one of those best-selling musicians, uh, uh, music artists of all time with over 220 million uh, in records sold worldwide. In 2023, Rolling Stone named her the second greatest singer of all time. Whitney Houston influenced many other singers in popular music and was well known for all of that powerful, soulful vocals that she did and the vocal improvisation skills and the use of a gospel singing technique that she 
leewayed into the pop culture and pop music. She, like many others, started singing in a church and got all the way to the top. She got into a destructive relationship and got into the high life with drugs and alcohol. And this followed her all the way to her tragic end. And Houston's death was ruled an accidental drowning and contributing factors was the heart disease and cocaine use. See, getting to the right musical gig and rising all the way to the top to where all the peers are looking at you and trying to mimic that Whitney Houston sound, it wasn't enough. It didn't give her true happiness. There was still a void. Ephesians says, and a lot of these verses after the pictures are, are verses that too bad it didn't get into their spirit because it might have changed some things. Don't be drunk with wine because if you because that will ruin your life. Instead of be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. The next one is Stephen Hawking. He's a physicist who died at 78 and wasn't expected to live past his 25th year after being diagnosed with an incurable condition, ALS, at the age of 21. Though Hawking was beating the odds for more than five decades, the scientist told Guardian in 2011 that the death was never far from his mind. Hawking said this, because we understand science, it's natural to believe that God created, it's natural to believe that God created the universe, but now because of science, it offers a more convincing explanation, he says. What he meant by that was we would know the mind of God and what it is, so we would know everything God would know, and if there was a God, which there isn't, and he says he's an atheist. Getting known as the most intellectual man in the world did not give true happiness. There was still even a void even with the quote-unquote smart guy. I heard it said that you shouldn't be too smart even for your own good. Proverbs says that trust in the Lord. Not in those books, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. River Phoenix and his work with Stand By Me, his memory is alive even to this day, and his successful films have helped to develop into a talented young actor, and many audi audiences still know him. Yahoo reported that Phoenix passed away due to a drug overdose in 1993 at the age of 23, and his presence is still missed within the world of Hollywood and viewers at home. My wife, she watches all these autopsy shows, so she kind of inspired this without even knowing it, because she's watching how someone kicks the bucket and some science guy's trying to prove, you know, how they died and all this, but she'll watch that, that doctor and watch all these autopsy programs and with Dr. Michael Hunter and highlighting the backstory of people even like Phoenix here. And one thing that I've noticed in the last hours of these celebrity lives, and there's too many that could have been in this little category here the bulk of the shows match river phoenix's tragic end a person who is that rises to the top and as many child actors do and they grow up way too fast life in the fast lane and they spend their short lifespan chasing for what will never fill that void from a child actor to an adult star it still doesn't give any happiness Proverbs says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of God is a spring of living water so you won't, so you won't go off drinking from poisoned wells. Elvis, Michael Jackson, Judy Garland, we can keep on going, but I'm surprised at how many celebrities have trouble sleeping. You know, the Bible says that there's no rest for the wicked. And there's a lot, a lot of, definitely some truth in that. True rest comes from God. Over in Matthew, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
I just thank God for the opportunity to even come and stand in front of you people. And when I say you people, I mean fellow people in the church, people that I'm starting to grow to know and stuff. I guess the difference between me and a lot of people that come is I had someone ask me, I think last week or the week before, they says, are you, are you an addict too? And I'm like, no, I'm not an addict, but I tell you what, I know what it's like to live in a home where it is. I know what it's like to go home as a youth out of church and the people inside my home have no idea what God did inside of me. And having to live in a place of hell and torment and having to pray at the at my bedside, Lord, just go ahead and just take me. There's no reason for me to be in here, and I don't think you're a mercy a merciful you know, a merciful God wouldn't have me in a place like this. God told me a long time ago that life's not fair. Doesn't mean he doesn't understand where you're coming from. Doesn't mean that he ain't there for you through it. Circumstances. We live in a fractured world. You getting that? We live in a fractured world. It's not God's fault. But me, like a lot of people that have gone through the actual addictions of things, what I deal with and, and, and I'm trying to get out of is the same thing y'all trying to get to. We're both trying to do what these people have been trying to do for a long time. And, the, and all these people that we're supposed to look up to, you know, Hollywood people, uh, all these people that sing and do things. Like, man, if I had their life, they're stupid. Because if I had their money, I'd do this. If I had their position, I'd do that. Let's just bring it down to a local level. Say they were just the guy on the corner and played a guitar and had a good voice or someone up here singing or playing or doing whatever we've all got that void doesn't matter if you live on you know shopping on a day old drive or shop here at the rule king you got a void what are you going to fill it with at the end of the day what are you going to fill it with want to go on to someone is very much alive and last report he's worth 251 billion dollars elon musk he was brought up i didn't know this i was reading this the other day he was brought up as an evangelical in the back in, in south africa he reportedly experienced a crisis of faith at the age of 14 and started reading religious and philosophical works and he didn't precisely become an atheist during this process, but he did lose any faith he had in, as he discovered, of what he discovered in the church. He praises Jesus as just a Jewish prophet. prophet. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a book in 79, gave him a sense of purpose, and he made the decision that his personal belief system was to strive for greater communal awareness using clues from this literature and he likes to emphasize that learning to ask the correct question is where it all starts and as he considered the 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 issues of how to send people to mars or up in outer space or whatever and bring them right back down or and or to even inhabit it he appeared to be thinking about ideas like that even frequently even back then and you know, from electric cars to space travel to the owner of Twitter, now X, whatever the heck that is. He is an innovator, always trying to make things happen. A go-getter, a workaholic. Busyness is his drug of choice. I don't think there's any drugs. I didn't, I didn't read anything about drugs. No drugs or alcohol that I know of. But the point that I'm making with his life or Steve Jobs, or whoever you want to put in that little window there. Living a life void of Jesus is always the greatest tragedy. If these people can gain the whole world but lose their own soul, at the end of the day, what do they got? Peace I leave with you. My peace I've given to you, not as the world gives to you, or not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Getting on the most popular television show, movie set, stage, 
being what many consider the smartest or the richest, it didn't give true happiness. There's still a void. Who are we seeking for as we sought after on these, some of these role models? If we obtained the greatest earthly dream, then what? Expectations are not, that are not Christ-centered lead to an unrealistic expectation about life and it'll end up driving you crazy. We have to remember to the world, you may just be just one person sitting here, but to someone out there in the world, you can, to one person, you can be the world. Our actions cause a chain reaction to others. In many cases, even to people, we don't even realize that we're reaching. We're either reaching them or pushing them away. It's like when he was preaching about the clean house and he had the long list of the, po the positives and a long list of the negatives. Which way are we dragging that person away from the main seat? Spoke volumes, brother. Matthew says, For what will it profit a man if he gains that whole world and, and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? I'd hate to think. Repeated throughout Hollywood, there's people that live for today doing things that they think are just harmless things. And because of this, they go from harmless to heartbreak. It's time for us to just live ready Live ready for heaven. Proverbs says this again I'm going to say this there is a way of life that looks harmless enough look again it leads straight to hell sure those people appear to be having a good time but all that laughter will end in heartbreak it's time to live ready the people tonight might have gone from a rags to riches type story then once they had it, they didn't even know how to handle it. Paul in the Bible wrote something very profound in Philippians. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, but for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. For I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is with a full stomach or empty. With plenty or little. And the verse that everyone has on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt. On their wall, on their phone, uh, lock screen. For I can do all things. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. John says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I love those who love me and those who diligently or those who seek me diligently find me. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. 
You don't have to be a psychic or a prophet or whatever to know that we are in a time where that verse is something that needs to be stuck everywhere to remind us that it's time now to seek the Lord while He can still be found. Because the day's coming where He won't be found. Call upon Him while He is near. He sent the Comforter. It's comforting us while we go through our daily lives. But there's a day coming where He's coming. Jesus is coming back for the saints, the do-gooders, the people that are doing the food banks, the ones that are doing Red Cross. Do you think the government was first on Maui? It's the Christians who are always first. It's the Christians that are hearing the voice of God because they know the times they live in. They know the end of the book here. They've read it and they meditated on it day and night and they know that in the last days all hell's breaking loose around us. And when your friends see that you're not troubled, when they see that you're trying to get your life cleaned up, you're trying to get your children back, you're trying to get your marriage put back together. When they see something as crazy as that happening in the world where all hell's breaking loose and they're seeing a piece of heaven on you, that's what's going to cause people to fill that void they have with something that you possess if you possess it. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may be, that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. I don't know about you, but I've done some crazy messed up things in my life and I will hope to God I'm the one pardoned for everything I've done. That's the whole story. Here's my final conclusion, the Bible says. Fear God and obey His commandments. That's the hard part. For this is everybody's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. We see these lives that have literally been taken from us and people we might even laughed at from occasion, looked up to or whatever. These are people that have gotten it all. They've got it all. We might even say if I had their life, I wouldn't be as stupid as them. Money surely buys happiness. They just don't know how to spend it right. If that lie was true, these people would not need drugs to fill their void if that was true. The lie we've been told. If that was true, they wouldn't need drugs to fill their void. Hollywood, California and Broadway in New York would be drug-free. They're living the high life, right? That's what we're told. Oh, if you can have your own record album, if you can be on a, all this stuff, that doesn't mean anything. We're lied to all the time. If we just got to that point, you'll feel that satisfaction. We're lied to. It says, you know, money buys happiness. Fame gives you an edge and power over others. Boy, does it. Yeah. If the lie is true, then these people don't need drugs to fill the void. They don't. Universities, we're talking about the smart man. Universities should be void of alcohol and frat houses because guess what? Smart people should be smart enough to protect their smart mind, right? They don't need anything extra to fill a void, right? There's not a void because they've got the intellect, right? Oprah. And that's a whole nother sermon. I'd like to tell Oprah, wouldn't one mansion be sufficient? A lot of these rich people, they buy houses and stuff like we would buy dog houses for our kennel full of pups, you know. Like I just I got tired of that one, you know. I only spent five million on that one. I'm getting this ten million, and then they got one over here and oh my house in Maui burnt down. I wish I'd get a GoFundMe page, you know. I'm like if all that's true, wouldn't one mansion be sufficient? That's what you thought when you got to that acclaim and wrote the check and it didn't bounce like if I wrote it, you know. Here's a big one. The royal family, or in our case, a president's family, 
should be scandal-free and without reproach. After all, they've got their position in hierarchy because of such honesty, merit, and should be basking in the fame and the flair of it all as the leader of the free world. Children, too. <laughs> That's a whole other sermon. We've been lied to. There's a void because these people are definitely not perfect. There's something going on. Bill Gates, he wouldn't have got that divorce, right? I mean, he's gotten all the way up to the top. He's got that fa got the family, got the wife by his side through most of all that. These rich people shouldn't be getting divorces, right? Honey, if we can just get that house, we can just get this, we get this, get the car, get, get this and that and the other. It'll be perfect. So let's bring all those people down to our level at the rule king here. You're on the same wavelength. At the end of the day, we put our britches on one leg at a time. Takes me a little longer than most, but that's a whole other thing. Um, just jump into them and pray they come up and stay up. And uh, But anyway, the we all put our pants on one leg at a time, and, and we're on common ground with these people for the one thing. At the end of it all, at the end of the day, our graves are going to be the same size. Might have had a fancier casket than me, or they'll probably have to burn me. I'll probably create a grease fire down at Tucker's or something. But anyway, at the end of the day, we're going to be in a grave. This life is all we had. Not for me. I'm wanting to live ready. I might not be able to preach this message to a million people. At the end of the day, and I hope this is true, nobody's going to know my name. The only thing I'm worried about is does he know my name? You may have a fear. This is to somebody directly. You may have a fear of getting clean and staying clean. You have to face your problem with a clean heart and a clear mind. That's why you're here. No longer clouded in addiction. No longer using addiction to mask a problem. The band-aids have been ripped off. And it's scary to see yourself vulnerable and in here. It's hard for me to see myself vulnerable in front of you all tonight. I told you I'm more comfortable back there. I'm more comfortable hearing him preach three or four times in my ear. Along with the other two preachers I edit every Sunday or Monday. And then on Monday night or Tuesday, reliving what my best good friend here, you know, the words God gives you. That's the highest honor of my life is to sit and edit ministers and allow their voices to go past this area on Sunday morning. Thank God for the full houses we've been having. But my eyes are on you, but they're also out there. And I believe the multitude needs to hear these truths before it's too late. You might think about life kind of like a test in school you know the bible always talking about tests and i remember those awful word questions that they used to give you in school um you know joe picks up 100 pieces of lumber down at malone's he lo he loses three boards on his out of his truck per mile as he travels and he has to go 10 miles down the road to where he's going to be building this project he is how many pieces did Joe lose before he got to his destination? They won't let me answer those kind of questions the way I want to. My question would have been either Joe's a redneck driving a truck with no rearview mirrors in a county like Muhlenberg with more with 20 potholes per pothead. I'm not sure about how much lumber he might have lost, but he's going to lose his job. Teacher, what about Joe's unemployment check? How long is that going to take to get in, enacted? Class, let's calculate how long it's going to be till he gets his checks. How long until his ex-old lady has enough of his lumber losing hind parts and takes his butt to court to pay for that unpaid child support? That's what I'd like to know in school. Of course, my answers are always, see you after class. Or my favorite, Bob has 20 candy bars, a 15 of them. How much candy does Bob have left? One kid on Facebook put, Bob has diabetes. 
It happened to me a long time ago. I was asked a question one time in fourth grade about early pioneers here in Kentucky. What were the means of transportation, Mr. Gary? What's the means of transportation for the early settlers in Kentucky? I put penny loafers. My mom was like, a covered wagon? I mean, you watched enough Little House in the Prairie or something like that, it'd give you an idea. An Indian carried them on their back, something. Besides something silly like that. See, tests in the world or in school, the tests we have, they're not laid out like school, thankfully. Tests come to you unpredictable. You can be an unprepared person. They, they come when you're taken off guard at times. You feel on, it feels so unofficial. Like I said, we have to live in this fractured world full of tests and trials, but school kind of messed us up because we're expecting it to be handed to you. Flip it over. When I say flip it over, your number two pencil, and here it is. But that's not the way God has the tests. It may happen like this. You're in sure way. You know how much this food's going to cost you. And God pricks your heart like He did me. Was it yesterday? Pay for that man's plate lunch dinner behind you. And me and the ladies got it worked out to where I'll pay it. I give her the look. Pay it. And I'm out of there before he catches. He can't stop and, and, and praise me for nothing. You know. That was that test. Didn't come officially. Didn't give me a heads up. It's like a pop quiz, if you will. Those are those little things that we need to do every day. Listening to the voice of God that says, okay, what do you want out of me today, Lord? Because I want to give it back to you. What, what am I going to do for you today so I don't live with that void? I took this out and then I put it back because God said put it back. Let's not get tired of doing what's good. Let's not get tired of doing what's good. Josh, Michelle, you all mean the world to me. I don't know if you know that. I was about to give up at Covenant at Greenville with the pastor over here. I was about to give it up. Then lo and behold, we have this Revive in 2005 and it rocked my world because not the revival necessarily but a couple that walked in to my life at that time. I was getting ready to get weary and well doing and I've been doing that. And I don't mean to get personal but you mean so much to me you two. I was going to take it I was like I don't want them to think it was about them and it ain't. God gave me that before all this. Let's not get weary and well-doing. We're right here to finish line. I don't know how much time God's going to give us, and every day we get is a gift. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I was about to give up and say, I can't handle this. I want out of the church. I just go do something else. But this, the Putnam clan, the, Alversons, the Dukes, Mama, Daddy, all these. They came into my world and rocked it. I was coming over here to take a break from a booth. I thought, I can just take a break from it. I'll help at the Little Covenant over in Greenville. It won't take all my... It won't drain me to death. It won't it won't mess me up. I'll just sit in the back of this small church and just put it on autopilot a while. Just hope I just make it into heaven one day. But I got weary of well doing. Because my mind wasn't on the harvest. It was about myself. But God sent a couple in there that gave a lot of wisdom to me. I got to meet these, this couple that had a heart for... Uh, they had another daughter and got to meet her and got to meet the mom and dad. And then all of a sudden the prayer started for Michael Putnam 
we need our prodigal back. God spoke into Michael's life, and we know that he's got a calling, but he's out there in the weeds. We know he's supposed to be doing this then. We can't get weary of well-doing because see these empty seats? I want you to think of one person that's unreachable in your mind right now. When I say unreachable, just be in, in the flesh a second. Man, I know this one person right now. Boy, they unreachable. They're at the bottom of the possibilities list. But that's the one God's calling. Weren't you one of those to somebody before they got you in here? Close your eyes. Picture that person sitting back there where Pastor Mike is and walking this aisle down here and hanging down there a while. I ain't got no clothes, man. I ain't got no clothes. But then they walk down over here and they're getting in that water and something's happening. I'd like to have that water tested for drugs because I bet you in the spirit, all that junk is just literally going off of people in there. It, no telling, you know. Almost scared to put myself in there and catch it. No, I'm kidding. But uh, God showed me a long time ago, as easy as you can imagine that person doing what you just said, that's how easy it is. If you could be that intercessor, praying mercy over them, being their shoulder to cry on, and, but being a voice of wisdom, hey, this life you're going through, I know it's not fair. I know probably what you're saying. That judge had it in for you. Life's not fair. It's not fair, but I know a God that's full of mercy and grace. Because look what He's done to me. He's got me doing things I never thought I'd be doing, right? I've just focused in on Brent tonight. I don't know why. You're just that crowd, that boy facing the crowd. and I don't know much about you, brother, but I know that... I told him that a few nights ago, I said, you're a media person's dream. He does what you expect everybody to do. You put up a sermon, and we're silly back there. We expect every one of them to watch it over again, because I was forced to. No. And share it with the world. And keep sharing it with the world. Keep liking, keep sharing, keep putting it out there putting your own testimony your own little spin on it here what's happened on my at my church on sunday not a lot of people doing that you're a dream you're a walking miracle more ways than one and when you came in here i saw michael light up like i did when god showed me that couple back there and that whole family I was getting ready to give up. And God's like, I'm bringing life into that church. And it was through that couple. Saw a lot of miracles take place over our time together. Most of them in the McDonald's parking lot. There's a lot of things happening. Therefore, also, be you must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times. Boy, are we in it. People will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing that's sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control and they will be cruel and hate what is good and they will betray their friends and be reckless and puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God and they will act religious but reject the power that could make them godly and stay just stay away from people like that boy are we living in that time like I said you don't have to be like a you know, a prophet to see these things. I mean, right now they are working on plans to rebuild that temp that temple in Israel. They have found and located red heifers, which are this particular kind. They were talking about that when I was a kid. They're like, 
well, we need this particular heifer for this and that and the other. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't find it? Aren't they just... God just makes it happen. I mean, he, they found these red heifers. They're supposed to sacrifice them next year, I think. There's just a time of great apostasy, a turning away from God. But he's, God's separating those lambs from the goats because guess what? It's end time harvest time. Which one of us are you in here? A visionary, a prophet? Who in here is losing sleep because your mind is spinning in overload because God will not leave you alone? My dilemma a few weeks ago, I left this place and I went home and I said, God reveals so much to me. And at the same time, I look around and I know that Jesus is coming back, but He's still given vision. He's still given this list of things to do. Your God-given vision will always be bigger than you, even maybe your lifespan. And when that happens, you know it's God. God gives you His will for your life. That's your basic job description, if you will. He'll tailor it. Especially if you screw up, He'll tailor it, tailor it. God gives us vision. And that will require a lot of overtime. That's the next level. A life of sacrifice, dedication. You'll see, you might not even see reward in many cases. Not tangible. Until the next generation or you're in heaven. His basic will, it's kind of like your standard employment situation with God. But when you're on that next level and He makes you a visionary and He's giving you dreams in the middle of the night, He's doing all these things and He's just not leaving you alone. God has given you a level of trust. You have just made partner, in other words. You have just been given that trustee status. You've been given that key. You have been switched from that hourly to a salary. You're management now. You're a supervisor. You're not just some owner. You'll, you'll never be the owner. But you'll work for some big dude, and that's God. So the benefits are out of this world. And But let me share a frustration I had a few weeks ago. I said this with my mouth. I, I wish I knew what I just told you right here. I wish I would have known that. That ministered to me, that word just now. Because I was asking, why God are you waking me up at 4 a.m. with vision for thoughts that I believe you're giving me to do? And at the same time, I'm looking around and I can see that you're coming back. There's no way that the vision you're giving me to enact or be part of to get it enacted, it's soon going to be disrupted because we're reading the Scriptures here, you know? And God, He always gives you he gives you a will for those saints to perform something in their lifespan, and it's for His glory. It's always for His glory. It's never any other way. And He's showing me that, yeah, I've given you this basic work list of things to do. Here's your, here's your gifting. Here's what you're supposed to do. But there's some extra stuff. And I'm like, but God, it's, it's way out here. This will take years to accomplish if it gets accomplished. I guess you could say God's, lack of better words, kind of dangling the carrot to keep you to work. He's giving you this long work list. But there's a clause in our, in our business agreement with God. I might pick you up early from work because I see your passion and I see that it's a time. It's time. The trumpet is sounding. That That's... I'm not lying when I gave you that work list to do because, you know, like it says, no man knows the time of the hour, the day of the hour. So he gives us this long work list. He's done it all throughout history. They thought Jesus was coming back even in the disciples' day. It was something to always keep them busy, working toward a brighter tomorrow for God. And that's what he cleared up in my mind because I was so frustrated two or three weeks ago. I was like, God, I just, uh, I said this, I wish he would just stop waking me up and telling me this stuff. Of course, I repented and almost got weary and well-doing two or three weeks ago. 
because I don't see no benefit of being back there. And while I'm mad and upset about not seeing fruit, there's this crazy man named Brent. It's like, I praise God for you, brother. I just praise God. And I'm like, God, why'd you send him? Straighten you up, Gary. He's one voice out of many that probably would say that if they could locate your number and call you personally. There's a lot of big things happening. I'm almost done. Today is what? August 21st, right? 2023. Tomorrow. And I'm. this is just some study, okay? So I'm not saying I'm not setting dates or nothing. Don't call Jim Baker and get a bunch of food and stuff. I mean, that's up to you. But I'm just saying, there's a thing called BRICS. It's a summit, an international relations conference attended by heads of state and heads of government from five member states, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. That's where they get BRICS, the name. The role of BRICS is international affairs, it's steadily expanding, particularly particularly in security and peacemaking. There's a scripture that says when they start to talk about peace and safety, look up my redemption draws nigh, paraphrasing the Gary Gates version here. But when they start talking a lot about security and peace, keep your ear because something may happen. So you got that going on this coming week, tomorrow. At the end of all that, uh, next month we've got Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of the Trumpets, it's a, commemor a commemoration of the creation of the world. It's the world's birthday, y'all. September. And then following, see, look at the date, 17th, follow, United Nations is having a big day right after the day, the birthday of, of, of the whole world. United Nations, the SDG Summit will take place in New York City and it marks the beginning of a new phase of accelerated progress toward the goals with high-level political guidance. There's all these things they're working up, but they have a plan between now and 2030 to have all sorts of worldwide enacted things in place. The one before this we were mentioning the uh, BRICS they're they're worrying about a lot of the financials and they're trying to get those five countries which there's 20 of them wanting to join to do some things with the money situation to where basically these countries that are involved will trade amongst each other on the gold standard the true gold standard and if they were to do that our money that's backed by whatever it's backed by pretty much becomes void and there are so many little countries that's trying to push in to these things and they can't because they get pushed out because it's it's follow the money folks you know so you got all these different things happening and then at the end of all that in September you got Yom Kippur which is the holiest day you know that's happening and so you look at all these dates today I didn't know it till this morning I had a reminder pop up. What were you doing back six years ago? Six years ago since that total, the total solar eclipse. Some of this stuff's probably coincidental. I'm just throwing it up there, let you look, draw your own conclusion. You got this BRICS summit to deal with everybody's money. The next day after that anniversary, six year anniversary, you got Rosh Hashanah, the happy birthday, you know, world. You got the worldwide summit, wanting to do a bunch of stuff in 2030 if you did the math from now to then I'm not a Bible scholar but that's seven years could it be a seven year tribulation that's y'all's decision Yom Kippur holiest day following that we got a harvest moon you know these could just be coincidentals but when you're looking at this and you're reading the word too and you're like if not today Lord None of that was happening in, 20, in, in 2000 like that. It wasn't happening like that. Things are happening quick in the world right now. And we're worrying about everything the news feeds us, you know. So you got that going on. Here's the BRICS people. You got the Russia guy. You got the guy from China. You got the other people. Uh, they're having this course in August, which is starting up tomorrow. 
that's the stage they have built for the world government conference up in uh at the un that's what it looks like it's kind of funny how everything's rainbow but i'm just throwing that out there and uh so we're in this constant i'm, I'm receiving a constant download from the lord during this period and i don't take it lightly your your life is being interrupted gary because the lord will not leave you alone wake up wake up gary god himself is trying to prepare the world for his great return whether it's today or seven years from now or next year who knows i just want to at any given time if i'm being checked by god god if you're checking in on gary down here i'm living ready and if if you do delay we're work, we're working on this vision you give me lord sometimes the vision you get it involves other people like joseph he is given vision we learned about that the other i didn't go that route because someone already beat me to it joseph was given vision he could have been the main guy and all these things happen but no he the governments he was working for the people and all that they got a lot of glory out of it but he got blessed and they got blessed as a byproduct it's awesome sometimes you're not the main person in the vision and that's all right with me i think it's be neat to have my own media ministry and have a tbn type thing but you could turn it on at any given moment and the holy spirit just fall in your house they're not doing 10 minutes of ministry and the rest of the time and if you act now and it's nothing but a glorified qvc with jesus on it you know that's what god gave me it'd be neat to have something like that i might have to work under brother mike and that might come to flourishing under him and these two guys get the glory the guy in the back room don't but i know god sees that i'm in a season of constant download from god and i pray i praise god that we're able to come, you know, do this. I'm going to end with this. I'm actually ending. I know what you're thinking. How many doors this sermon got? Uh, in closing, in closing. Do you feel like this? Do you feel like God couldn't possibly use you? This is an old little thing I found, but God reminded me of it throughout this. I'm like, God, but everybody's probably seen that. He's like, show it. Somebody here needs to read and see this. Do you feel like God couldn't possibly use you because of your addiction for your life, the different things you got going on? Maybe you never got involved in drugs, but you was heavily involved in church, but you got weary and well-doing. That's my thing. I got weary and well-doing. He can't possibly use Gary. Remember, Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was just some daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah, she is the ugliest sin. Joseph was abused, amongst other things. Moses had a stuttering problem, and he messed up. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy, they're just too young. You know, it, God, God ain't going to do nothing with young people. Come on. I'm too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Is anybody dealing with suicide in this house? Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You are here for a reason and you're living for a reason. So live for Jesus. Isaiah preached naked. You don't have to worry about me on that department. I'm wearing three or four layers up under all this. In case something falls off, something else going to cover the goods. Jonah ran from God. No, Naomi was a widow. See, we like to forget about our widows and orphans, don't we? God don't. He's got special calling for them people. His brother, is your daddy in the house? Well, he'll watch it later. God's wanting to use you, you widower. He's wanting to use you. 
And isn't this funny? Job, Job went bankrupt. He got Job in his name and he went bankrupt amongst everything else. John the Baptist ate bugs. That was just one of his highlights in his crazy life. Peter denied Christ. Wait a minute. Someone that walked with Jesus denied what they was walking with? We ain't got nothing to worry about, do we? I mean, come on. You know, if someone walking with him can have a problem, God ain't forgot about you and he's not shutting you down because you forgot. Because he had some, he had 12 crazy people walking around him and, and a lot of them fell by the wayside and it could have done something like that. And if Peter did it, there's hope for me, I know. And these people, they walked with the man. You know? So hey, check that one off. The disciples fell asleep while praying again. These people that are with the guy with all the answers falling asleep during prayer. Martha worried about everything. That was my mama right there. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. God ain't going to use you because you're divorced, right, Pastor Mike? Zacchaeus was too small. See, he even used midget people, you know. <laughs> if you're in show business in a circus, hey, God's got other plans for you. You can get a job other than in a circus. Paul was too religious. Timothy had ulcers. And even if you died, God could still do something with you. Because He did it with Lazarus. So, people on the outer edge of truth will run into this place and can't contact all the voices of reason. Because one day, we're all going to be caught up I hope all of us in this room are going to be caught up. If not, you're going to be putting this on your Facebook page the day we all disappear. Worldwide global abduction. I was marked safe. I hope nobody in here is going to be doing that. But anyway, I just wanted to share those few things. We're, we're almost halfway there. No, I'm kidding. No, we're done. And uh, God's got something for all of us. The reason why I know that is because he preached this sermon to me this past month. He said, get your fat hind in out of that booth and go tell them people this truth. I didn't mean to get personal, but you I'm telling you, Josh, Michelle, you all mean something to me. Michael and your wife, I, I tell you, who praises God for these two men of God in your life and the leaders that have run this place? You can shake, you can shake your hands up in the air, you can say glory, whatever. But hey, I know these people, they, they dedicate so much time and effort and resources to make this happen. Some magic's happening in here. It ain't magic, magic. It's God type magic. It's that the Holy Spirit is doing something. For watching today's broadcast. If you were encouraged today or made a decision for Christ, let us know by visiting our website. You may have a fear. This is to somebody directly. You may have a fear of getting clean and staying clean. You have to face your problem with a clean heart and a clear mind. That's why you're here. No longer clouded in addiction. No longer using addiction to mask a problem. The band-aids have been ripped off. And it's scary to see yourself vulnerable and in here. It's hard for me to see myself vulnerable in front of you all tonight. I told you I'm more comfortable back there. I'm more comfortable hearing him preach three or four times in my ear along with the other two preachers I edit every Sunday or Monday. And then on Monday night or Tuesday, reliving what my best good friend here, you know, the words God gives you. That's the highest honor of my life is to sit and edit ministers and allow their voices to go past this area on Sunday morning. Thank God for the full houses we've been having. But my eyes 
are on you, but they're also out there. And I believe the multitude needs to hear these truths before it's too late.